This is The Crucible. The JRTC Experience. This is Scouts Out. In this series, we discuss scout warfighting skills and lessons learned in a decisive action training environment for large-scale combat operations at JRTC. Welcome to another episode of The Crucible. I'm Colonel Matt Hardman. I'm the commander of operations group here at the Joint Readiness Training Center. And we are super fortunate to have some dog-faced soldiers. Um, Rock of the Marne. We got Major Joe LaPlante. We got a little bit of history together. And we got Captain uh, James Carino. Uh, we don't have any history together, but we shared in uh, a, a past uh, unit history of both having served in 3rd Brigade, 10th Mountain Division. And so uh, first uh, mech tank team uh, to come here in a hot minute and uh, Major LaPlante uh, representing the uh, 3rd Infantry Division, uh, both as a senior OCT here for us, as well as really helping behind the scenes pull this whole thing together and make it work. And then uh, Captain Carino, commanding Team Kronos. Um, and uh, awesome experience uh, coming in, reinforcing uh, 1st Brigade 82nd, uh, the Devils uh, in their rotation. And uh, for me, this is a little bit back to the future. Um, you know, having served in the 82nd as a company commander and uh, really uh, getting mech tank teams back into our uh, light rotations, phenomenal capability and a ton of learning happened this rotation. Um, all right. So how long have you been in company command? So I took uh, Kronos company in February of this year. Uh, so coming up on a year now. So it's been it's been fun. It's been it's fun. It's, it's been, been an fun. education, I'm sure, too. Oh, right? absolutely. sir. I mean. What Kronos Company has done uh, since me and First Sergeant Williams came into the seat, uh, we took over the same day in the middle of operational new equipment training for the new M2A4s. Uh, we have done two gunnery since then. Do they still have new tank smell on them? I don't know about that, sir. Uh, <laughs> Not they, after we, we, We've been running them pretty hard, sir. Yeah. We've been running them hard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, our ABCTs have been so busy, right, in 3rd no, Infantry Division, uh, you know, what – the, what you all have done on behalf of the nation in Europe over the last year has been pretty amazing. Um, and you know, ne never stop, right? Uh, ABCT has been getting after it. I'm going to say it's your 07 tutelage over a Colonel Pete Moon in yeah. 2017 that allowed him to get out the door as yeah, quickly as he wish. did. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, uh, Colonel Pete Moon, previous commander there, and then now Colonel Ethan Divin, uh, who I got some some yes. time with as well. I mean, two phenomenal human beings and leaders. Okay, so Joe, how long have you been uh, with 3rd Infantry Division? So I have the new baby major smell still <laughs> on me uh, at 3rd Infantry Division. I've uh, been there since July, sir, and uh, had the awesome portfolio to be able to be included on this JRTC rotation and our upcoming NTC rotations for both the division and the brigade. So these guys are going to get their reps in quite hard, sir. They're going to they're going to take them off the trains. They're going to polish them up a little bit, and they're going to put them back on the trains. So yeah. when do you go to NTC? 
Well, actually, it's funny, sir. I come back from this, we go into Martin Week, and then I uh, that Sunday I'll be hopping on a plane to go to LTP. Outstanding. Uh, When's the AC? actual rotation? Uh, March. Okay. Yeah, end of February, awesome. March. Right? Awesome. Yeah. So you get enough time uh, to eat some turkey, recover equipment, put it back on our train, take some block leave, do LTP, and then you're going to see my main man, Colonel Terry Tillis, Outlaw One at the National Training Center. Yes, sir. My old boss. Awesome. Well, my old boss's boss. Yeah. Um, well, really cool. Um, yeah, and he's a former dog face soldier okay. as well, yeah. right? Um, super cool experience. And so for the audience out there, I got to watch uh, Major LaPlante now at the time, uh, Captain LaPlante as a company commander with 118 yes, sir. Um, at the National Training Center. Um, and, you know, General Gardner, who was your brigade commander, yes, now the command general here, uh, talked about your fight in the Valley of Death uh, there, which I very much remember. And uh, and then also um, uh, at uh, Hidden Valley up there yes, as sir. well, right? Yep. Um, phenomenal uh, rotation. And you made an, uh, certainly made an impression on me. So it was exciting to see uh, you at LTP. And so you came. So talk me through. You came to LTP. And, um, you know, JRTC, we don't include company commanders right. in LTP. Uh, how did that come about and what was your role at LTP? Yeah, sir. So, you know, hey, you're, you're going to help get this mech armor team uh, to JRTC. Got and that's it. a polite way of helping JRTC understand how to integrate a mech tank team again. Yes, sir. Back and and who, who knows what that yeah. means, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what, what we expect from our majors is to be given a pretty um, ambiguous problem and to be able to find the friction points quickly and start working them. Um, okay, so first things first, they haven't had LTP yet. Okay, you're on a plane next week to go to LTP and start just getting to know people, sir, right? At LTP, the, the brigade is very focused on their planning processes. Uh, I bunked up with Black Devils, the, the BSB, because who's going to yeah. help me more than anything else, right? Yeah, so, and I mean, very fortunate too, because like phenomenal BSB commander, exactly. Black Devil Six, absolutely, um, sure, absolutely, yeah. And and so just working with the team, helping them start understanding, you know, basic things like running estimates of when you include an armor mech team into your formation, what we can bring. Yeah, but obviously there's a cost to yeah. everything. Uh, and I think we, we hit it pretty well on the mark. You know, we'll discuss probably more in terms of the sustainment. But if anything, we maybe overestimate a little bit. But that leaves us enough room as we look to push these formations even further. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, from the ops group side, um, particularly with the, the new M1s, uh, some weight differences yep. make, yes. and you, you know, Joe, you helped us in particular make sure that we were thinking through all the movements uh, for the for the rotation, uh, so we could do it safely. Right. Um, you know, and then the sustainment backside uh, sustainment of it, and then you know, really second set of eyes on the scenario to make sure that we were we we're maximizing this opportunity, and so because um, a lot of pressure on me. An ops group. Sir. I mean, a lot of pressure. Mech tank team, yeah. like, it, 
if if y'all didn't fight down here or went bad, like I was gonna never hear the end of it. Joan Kaufman, <laughs> yes, from Joel uh, Nori, yeah, right. from Joe Lombardo, from Joel Broadwater, all, all my uh all my armor uh mentors out right. there uh you know be judging me. You know, when when I was uh when I was out at NTC, Joel Kaufman would uh ask me a uh ar- would ask me armor trivia questions uh you know pretty much every day out there. Uh, to, to increase my education, um, you know, on the armor force. I mean, I'd been a Mech PL, uh, but hadn't, hadn't been around an ABCT in a long, long time. Um, and that education, and that's part of, I think what we, you know, the heavy light is, is making sure that we're educating a, a generation of, of leaders, um, so that we, we can task organize. We, we understand the capabilities and limitations of each type of formation, and then we can task organize uh, to be effective. And obviously for the 82nd's mission, um, you know, we're counting on that mech tank team as part of what they do. When I, I would absolutely like to get James' opinion sort of coming from 310 into this of what he's learned during his, time, his first you know, half of his command and then what he felt he was able to then educate, being a, an infantryman, to come here and talk to uh, his 1st Brigade, 82nd Brethren. So, you know, I did my light time, uh, transitioned over to the mech side. And Which it, I think, hold on, I got to tell you, I think it's like super grown up of you to embrace the heavy light imperative, right? Absolutely. Like. Um, I think the mustache gives that away. That yeah, I mean, it, it, like I'm overlooking it for right now. <laughs> um, I'm secretly mentally shaving your mustache off in my mind. Um, no, but in all seriousness, right? Like, I mean, to 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 learn our profession, uh, you know, as infantrymen, um, and we have to understand how light formations uh, function, operate, capabilities, limitations, and then likewise with heavy. You know, and, and you know, some folks get comfortable in either or, and are and don't want to push um, themselves into the kind of this uncomfortable uh, spot. And I mean, it's a lot. It I is. mean, uh, uh, there's there's a learning curve there. Uh, yeah, especially on the sustainment. And side. it's like a we gas turbine driven learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. yes, sir. No, uh, absolutely. Especially come from the light world, it's real easy. All right, guys, throw your ruck on and let's let's get walking. And you walk to your objective, you hit it, and you know figure out the sustainment on the backside. And it's generally pretty easy. Chow, water, and bullets for yeah. uh, your light guys. Now, you add in for the mech team the biggest piece, which is that fuel. Yeah. You got to feed that beast. Yeah. Um, and it's and greedy. It's it hungry. Oh, <laughs> especially especially uh, the M ones. Yeah. Um, and it's incredible. Um, and I think we as uh, brigade in the division made the absolute right call coming down here, where we didn't just send, all right, here's Team Kronos with tanks and brads, have fun. It was, let's send Team Kronos and let's give them what they need to help the 82nd. Let's give them fuelers. Let's give them the maintainers they need to repair their equipment, right? And because 82nd would not have been able to sustain us. No, they right. Wouldn't. They're not designed to. No, Absolutely not. not. Right. Absolutely and, not. Uh, no, and, uh, you know, the, I mean, it seems like an obvious thing. But as we cross the tides, like coming with all the stuff that actually makes it work, right? right? Yes. So the maintainers, the M88 recovery assets, yep. uh, the fuelers, and um, no, and I, you know, so at no point in the rotation, I get to say this because I'm the cog, you know, at no point in the rotation was Team Chrono slowed down by a lack of sustainment, nope. 
and at no point was it affected by maintenance. Not at all, no. sir, right? And Which I think is like a huge success huge story, right? The two uh, shout for, outs, yeah, I yeah, gotta for give Team for Kronos. That. Sergeant Tornelli, my yeah. team chief, absolutely crushed it. If something went yeah. down, it was up within a couple hours. I was um, gonna give him a coin yesterday, but he was fixing stuff, so was, I left him. Oh, no, we, we so passed know, it on. I know you passed it, it on, yeah. and he was very appreciative, by the way. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's so awesome. I mean, yeah. it's just like, you know, we we talk, you know, at JRTC. I mean, and, and rightfully, I mean, we focus a lot on the combine, uh, the combat arms, the combined arms part of this, but you know, people come here and they're having, you know, their playoffs yeah. here, and it may be being a maintainer. It right. may be being a signal person. And it's awesome to get to see somebody yeah. that's in, in a pro in what they do, wow. like having just a great fight. And his fight was keeping your fleet up and in the fight. Yes, and he and crushed it. Especially the problem set he was given, right? Because yeah. he is a Bradley mechanic. That's what he understands. Yeah. He doesn't know anything. Well, he knows some stuff, but he's not trained on the, the Yeah, Abrams. school training. He's not trained on the ABV that we had down yeah. here. Right? So we gave him personnel from our Ares company, one of our tank companies. Yeah. We gave him personnel from our engineer battalion, trained on that equipment, and now he's got to lead a maintenance team of personnel that he's not worked with before, yeah. and they're working on systems that he's not completely familiar with, and he's got to make the decisions necessary to keep my fleet up and running, and he did an absolutely outstanding job. It yeah. was incredible. I mean, I've seen it before. I've seen, you know, oh. Nick... Go no, down. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen sad panda time yes. in the uh, tactical assembly yeah. area for yeah. heavy heavy formation. Yeah. I mean, because it's hard, right? Yes, I mean, it's it's um, it, it is. It's it requires hard. patience, really, yes. right? Because you just want to put people up on the line and you want them to fight as long as they can, but it it you have to pace it. Okay, yes. we we fought for a little bit. Now we have to take the time to actually do maintenance, and so you know, helping coach here with him it was okay you you fought now what's your next thing oh I'm, I'm in planning everything i was like but what are your people doing are they doing track maintenance are we getting 5988s flowing are we getting the, the mechanics out here sir so you know um the brigade my brigade sergeant major when i was a brigade commander here i mean command sergeant major mobar i mean he used to coach i mean and i think this is true for light infantry formations too is like it's the rule of thirds right like yeah. you have you have a third that's always pulling some form of security mm -hmm. at a minimum right you have a yep. third that's always doing some kind of maintaining right right and you have a third that's executing whatever other priority of work you're in whether that's planning or a rest cycle or whatever but like you have to have somebody doing Security. Yes, you got to have somebody maintaining, yep. right? Um, you know, if we're not cleaning weapons or we're not, you know, doing track maintenance, well, then we're not ready for the fight tomorrow, the fight three days from right. now. And that was the beautiful thing about the team I brought. I mean, I had Sergeant Tornelli running my maintenance. I had First Sergeant Williams, who is the best First Sergeant I've ever served with. You're not I biased mean, at, all. At, no, all. Not at all. Not at all. Right. Uh, hey, good, though. First Sergeant. No. He's like, I love that man. He's staying with you. Good. <laughs> No, it, he did an absolute outstanding job, uh, especially we talked about the sustainment piece, getting yeah. fuel to us, running our log pack. Never once were, were my guys without chow. Never once were they without water. Never once were our tracks without fuel that we yeah. needed. Um, and that that's because of that man right there. And he, absolute outstanding. It, the team we brought were so good at their jobs. Yeah. And it allowed me to focus on, all right, what's the next mission? Fight. 
What's the next fight that I have to prepare for? What's the next movement I need to make? What's a, how do I repair communications with battalion? All right, I got those up. Well, What's this the next is, mission? I mean, this is like the, you know, one of the things that being at CTC, I mean, you just get to see is like the tempo of things is like, you know, nobody's paying to watch the one ball juggler, right? right? I mean, yeah. you just got to constantly be in the now and then planning and preparing for the next. Yeah. And even at the company level, um, you know, being able to do that. Hey, so from the experience from LTP, you know, and planning, you know, we saw in execution is this, you know, this thing that we were really concerned about, the ability to sustain sure. and maintain uh, mech tank team. Like, we did it really well. Yes, sir. I mean, the, you know, the Devil Brigade did a really good job. I mean, I think part of it was they were very mindful of it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Extremely. And I, you know, that is, you would hope any team would do it, but I thought Devil Brigade hugged us from the beginning and, you know, owned us and wanted to be able to <laughs> utilize us, but also understood that the requirements to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and not only us, right? Two other, you know, units that you know, with the Japanese and the Dutch coming here, they had a big problem set. But as James said, there was never a gap in our swing because we were being supported the whole time uh, on the log. Um, there's an, a real organizational maturity to being able to integrate, um, you know, other players, yes, right? Yeah. Attachments, right. whether whether it's from a different division, whether it's from a, a, a different you know, part of nation. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I, I thought. You know, I, I definitely thought the Devil Brigade like did that really well. I mean, um, and sir, you know, this goes. This is you know my plug for Third Infantry Division as part of 18th Airborne Corps. For us, this was helping us inform of the individual readiness company. What would we need to do to be able to to be the hammer of the 18th Airborne Corps? What do we need to be able to bring with us and be able to put on? Uh, birds and come in on Bravo Echelon to be able to support the fight if the 82nd is called forward and they want us to come join yeah. the team. And I think we are pretty close to the mark. I would say we actually hit it better than anticipated because we brought engineer assets with us right. as well, which was not originally part of the plan, but we yeah. saw it as a nice to have and all of a sudden this fits our mission set just perfectly. So what we did for sustainment, pretty close to it. Minor tweaks. What we did for combat power, fin fantastic. Yeah, and and you know, and to make it all work, um, you know, it's really the practice, sure. right? And I mean, that's what we got the opportunity to do down here in in the rotation. And um, yeah, it was you know, it was fun. Um, watching devil six you know think through um you know having that powerful piece in the fight right and uh you know i think the other like talking with geronimo six evil geronimo um you know the i mean they're very mindful of that capability out there on the battlefield I mean, as they always are when they, whenever there's a unique capability that's you know particularly lethal uh, they put a lot of extra thought to it but, you know, having a mech tank team with an airborne brigade definitely gave him pause, right? Yes. And, and definitely caused him uh, to want to create enough depth 
that he could respond um, to, to I think that. What he said in the uh, last power. night in the AAR, sir, was his dismounted companies. He was worried about those ATGM ambushes yep. from Devil and tanks. Yes. And I feel like the more sets and reps we get in of doing that, it, it's going to make them that much more scared of that combination because we're going to put them in concert. I mean, we we yeah. started, you know, we're we're still getting used to it, each other and how we move across together. But you could see it right at the end of the rotation, sir. Yeah. Uh, them starting to work in. And it was funny during so during the mid row AAR, uh, we were talking about their ISR assets. Their primary goal was Geronimo. To- Geronimo, yeah. Their primary Evil Geronimo. Evil Geronimo. Not, yeah. not my friendly Geronimo. I love Geronimo uh, Battalion. Uh, but their main goal for their ISR was to locate me and my team. Yeah. Right? They wanted to know where the armor was. And it, during the mid-row AR, Geronimo 6, Evil Geronimo 6 uh, came up. And, hey, this, we knew where about half of your armor force was. This is where we thought it was. And me and friendly Geronimo 6, who I was attached to at the time, were looking at each other. And my, my tanks weren't there. Yeah. I, I had nothing there. So it was great to see Team Kronos apply fundamentals of camouflaging our vehicles and tucking them deep into the wood line. And we, we kept them hidden yeah. for about five days because that was the priority that Devil Six gave me. It was build your engagement area, do it without being spotted. And we roger that. So for a couple of days, we were tucked in that wood line and well, and, th- and this is going to be, you know, this is going to be a different problem set when you go out yeah. to uh, NTC. Yeah, NTC. Yes, now we got desert. And, um, but, you know, this idea of dispersion, of, of really moving, of camouflage, and there's a whole other degree which we have to mask ourselves in the electronic, you know, spectrum uh, going forward. All right, so here's what I would ask, um, and I'll ask you first. Uh, sure. What are the, you know, hot takes here? What are the three kind of takeaways um, that you would give uh, to to peers coming here to fight either a mech tank team uh, or uh, they're going to be, you know, a planner on a battalion or brigade staff to integrate a mech tank team. And you only get three. You only get three. You only All get right. three. So I would say if you're number one being, if you're part of the team that's receiving an armored attachment, pick a battalion, attach the mech team to it, and go with that. Don't change it. Don't maneuver it because the mech team's going to have different capabilities and limitations. And that battalion is going to fight to figure that out. If you move that mech infantry around, that armor around, now that new battalion you attach it to is going to have to go through that same problem set of figuring out yeah. how to utilize, how to communicate, how to sustain. Yeah, I mean, it's not not do it. It's just know that it, if you move it, There's a right, cost. it comes with a huge cost. There's a cost. Right? And, yeah. and, you know, and we do this for for 14 days, right? Different than a a 60 day. But I think that's a really good point of like, there's a real opportunity cost when we start making a bunch of task org changes, right? And so being deliberate with task org changes, I think is like pretty, um, I think pretty key, um, you know, being successful. All right. Number two would be uh, communications, especially with uh, the A second. So they're modernizing when it comes to their communication platforms. they were running different radios than us. They were they had a lot of uh, power with their EUDs that they were utilizing, uh, making sure they're able to utilize those older systems, that FM, that JVCP, to yeah. communicate with us. I, I think this gets, you know, it's a little bit back to task org because like regardless of, 
you know, whether it's a, a difference of two units have different type of equipment or, you know, we talked about a partner nation. Right. You know, it's really seeking out those seams and making sure we close those seams. Sure. Right. And from a communications perspective, we can do that a whole host of ways. Yeah. Uh, but we've got to be mindful of them. Right? Absolutely. Because if not, you know, the biggest illusion about communication is that it's actually occurred. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. I found myself resorting, you know, flowing down my pace plan to runner. Yeah. Getting up to battalions to make sure that we, hey, these are the issues we're having communicating with you. Are you sure we're on the right Julian date? Oh yeah. no, there was a comsec compromise. That message didn't get to you because it was during transition between yeah. you know you being attached to the, this battalion and us. Yeah. Um, okay, ro Roger that. Let's drive on. Fixing our communications, getting back up. So you know, I, I would say you know, listen to that in the AR. And, you know, another with this is like it's just the repetition of comics and rehearsal, yes. right? And when these are habits all the time, they, this is how we kind of get kind of ratchet out the friction in these things. Yes. You know, one of the other things I saw that I thought was really good from that they didn't piecemeal you. No, they didn't piecemeal no. you. No, right? And like you know, and that's we, what I wanted. Right. I wanted to stay together. Yeah. And I mean, and we, you know, with heavy force, like we know, I mean, this is how we're successful. We mass, right? I mean, this mailed fist right. um, uh, going forward. All right. What's your third one? Third one, uh, do the fundamentals fundamentally. Right. Do, do the fundamentals fundamentally. Give me, so, give me an example of a, a couple of fundamentals that you're like, yeah, this paid off. Doing this routinely paid off. Uh, number one was camouflaging your vehicles. Hey, you know, camo nets are great, but what's even better is hopping out of your vehicle when you stop, chopping down some foliage, sticking it on your Bradley or your tank, going out for your dismounts, digging fighting positions, putting some overhead cover on it, camouflaging yourself, painting your face, keeping yourself masked and hidden. Um, utilizing your dismounts when you're- This is like not a paid announcement, by the way. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Um, Utilizing your dismounts when you're moving. It, it's very easy for a mechanized force to decide we're mounted. So throw the dismounts in the back, drive on, yeah. Keep, and just roll. In terrain like this at JRTC, got to utilize those dismounts. And we learned that lesson a couple times. Now, I'll, I'll take it on the chin on that one. We, yeah. we messed it up a couple times. But forcing those dismounts out, pushing them in that woodwind forward of you. God, it's, it, I mean, it really takes a ton of discipline. Absolutely. And, and, and then the practice of doing it to get the tempo right. Okay. Um, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I like, listen, I, I didn't like have this mastered as a, you know, Mac platoon leader uh, by any stretch, but I, I think that's a good one to take away. And, you know, I think, you know, it's practicing it, uh, you know, I think terrain model. It starts with that, yes. right? It, then it then it's like grassy open field, and then it's like actually getting sets and reps uh, in the terrain uh, doing this. Okay, all right. To you, what are the what are the big takeaways and lessons learned? Yes, sir. So it, it was kind of in a way nostalgic uh, in in the background of things. So did you movement, did you trails. like get a little like teary eyed <laughs> watching a company in the fight? Oh, absolutely. Sir. Yeah, yeah. And in, in to to see them enable in the way in their professional and craft of an ABCT, right? So what what does it take to get an ABCT in a fight? You met you mentioned, sir, you know, ABCTs have just been pushing it over the last few years. Right. And so there's a lot of it, you know, the tactical fight is is got 
a lot of challenges. But the most challenging thing about bringing an ABC tuning in a fight is moving all the pieces to the right place. So let's get rail, you know, movement. Let's get everything down here. Okay, now we have to het things here. Here's all these major muscle movements that we have together to be able to support this next 24 hours of the fight. And why is that important to be able to synchronize all of that together, sir? Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, like, we talk about sometimes these things as if, like, they're not part of, like, the rotation. They're not in the scenario. But, you know, the the rail download, yes, the staging, right. the rail upload, this, the, these are all, like, these are real problems that we'll solve. I mean, de rail download onto heads. These are real problems yep. that we'll solve. Uh, deploying. And you have a sync matrix right. for it, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, you have to have the right people at the right time in the right you, place. You can't just wing it, right? No, not at <laughs> you all, can't sir. wing it. You can't. Not at and all. you're talking about bridge capacities yep. and these things. And, and this is the real like staff work um, that makes this successful, right? And, it, and you can't do it on the back of a napkin. No. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. What's the second one? Um, I'm having a hard time because he's taken most yeah, of the good Yeah, he's still the good one. He's still the good one. Well, I mean, to take so getting to OC here yes, and sir. watching other majors, you know, you're not in the brigade yet or yeah. battalion, but you're going to be. You gave me a free rep. So. Yeah. What did yeah. You, so what did you learn from that? Like, what did you take away of like, wow, like that, like, you know, either reinforce something you already knew or, or cause you to think about something different? I, I, I was really impressed with the the talk setups and, you know, how how are we seeing ourselves and what what is a battalion enabling companies to do? And you could see when when they were helping company commanders be company commanders and just link up. And so when uh, Kronos and Raider uh, started their their march down artillery road and then all of a sudden you know you got uh gmo six you got red devil five you got uh chronos uh six all coming together and and you see what the battalions are helping okay we got engineers up here now okay so now we need to get fires in and so i i have looked at this rotation as a lot of sosra sir and how can we as a, a light and with a heavy uh, mix, just move out into the fight. So we, we got, got on this drop zone, we defended the drop zone, but now we have to break out from it. Yeah, I mean, over and over again, you know, combine arms maneuver. Yes, sir. Right? Like combine arms maneuver, like dismounted, you know, well, reconnaissance, ideally right. with sensors, then ground reconnaissance. You know, th then we've got infantry clearing complex Absolutely. terrain, supported with suppression, obscuration, and then the ability, you know, where necessary, ideally reducing obstacles out of contact because we've maneuvered past it um, to then enable free of maneuver for heavy forces. And it's like rinse, yeah. repeat once, twice, three, four, five times in a row. I think you mentioned it do. in LTP, sir. You're like maneuver right now in LISCO, maneuver serves to get fires into the fight and i think we we could with a few more reps we really can start seeing the damage that that would do okay yeah. now you have a heavy formation that is is blocking everybody and and keeping those at base so the fires can move and they're they're enabling with suppression and smoke be able to get through the enemy's obstacles and you're just you're you're moving along it's not a, it's not a rush to you know the bridge too far you got the infantry 
clear with companies helping you with the ATGM ambushes. And it, it was, it's just great to see the problem sets that we can do together, yeah. it, sir. It was really awesome for me to see. It was uh, that last day when we were on the offense. As we were moving down Artillery Road, watching my platoon leaders and the engineers. So I had my two mech infantry platoon leaders leapfrogging, picking up the engineers along the way, bounding to obstacles, reducing them and opening up that G-lock yeah. for the infantry that had pushed forward and cleared that way for us. Well, ultimately, you know, for the 21st Airborne Division. Right. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that was the G lock that the 21st Airborne Division Here's was going Our supplies going right. in yeah. right now. And, yeah. and in the back of our heads, you know, we got to now think of, okay, where are we going to move? If, if we were fighting, you know, in the Lisco, now we're going to have to head. And we did, right? Okay. Now we got to head to peace on. And so yeah. in a way, it was, it was realistic of that sense of we are transitioning. So we have to move our forces forward. So again, the staff work. And the coordination going on with ops group, you know, you got uh, Major Filipowski, who, you know, this man had probably never wanted to talk het so much in his life. <laughs> and uh, we, we just went back and forth on in, in opening the books. How much does a, a tank weigh? How much does a het hold? And these are the things that in the background are going to enable the warfighter to be able to do it. And I, I was happy that James did not have to focus yeah. on that, sir, and he could focus on doing the sort of fundamentals fundamentally. Yeah, and that, you know, and, and none of that is, um, you know, is distraction. Right. Because it's reality. It is reality. I mean, it's real things that we'll have to do uh, to, you know, to enable, you know, brigade level and above uh, operations for sure. Um, yeah, awesome. Okay, what's the third one? What's the third thing you took away as a field grade? I, I it goes back to how Devil Brigade received us, sir. Yeah. And and probably what I enjoyed most about this rotation is I when I came to LTP, sir, I was like I know one guy on this staff, and that was uh, Fred Brown, uh, Black Devil Five, and I all of a sudden I go, I know every S three XO major in this, and uh, the the be able to be part of this team and was the, the biggest takeaway from it. And those relationships that were built here will serve all the leaders across our time and profession in the Army and only strengthen the profession because next time I have a question about uh, Alpha Echelon and Bravo Echelon, Charlie Echelon, I'm going to call up an Airborne you know, yeah. trooper or something like yeah, that. Yeah, now, now you're conversing Airborne speak. Yeah, a little bit. Right. Little and, bit, so. you know, and I, it's funny. I mean, I listen to, to the field grades in the brigade. I mean, their understanding, you know, some of them have never served in an ABC before. I mean, their understanding is of, you know, mechanized operations right. is, you know, grown leaps and bounds. I, you know, this um, – you know, the transition to, to being a field grade, right, is, is this ability, you know, really to, to solve problems for, for large organizations, right? And it really does, like, come down to, like, team play. Like, this is 100% team 100%. sport, right? And you've got majors uh, with very specific expertise um, that got to be able to link arms together to solve big problems, yeah. right? Um, and at no point in time did I ever feel you know, that there wasn't a single major in this brigade from uh, Devil 5 all the way down that wasn't willing, you know, to get into the fight. I mean, even just the AR last night, um, Nick Kane, you know, standing in as Devil 3, he's like, 
when's your NTC rotation? You got you want us to come, you know, join you on it. Yeah. And, and that was how much I think we enjoyed fighting together and solving problems yeah. together, sir. That's awesome. All right. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys. You guys get to ask me a couple questions. All right. So we'll start with you. So just because I want to talk about it, Ganks, I loved it. But we were talking about it before we began the podcast. But uh, 310 at H. Kaya. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm an old 2-4 guy. Yeah. Um, love the Warrior Battalion. So the decision to put 2-4 where you put them. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, and, and this has been uh, – you know, serve forward with a lot, you know, back to the team play, serve forward with a lot of these folks from 182 um, uh, last last summer. You know, uh, you know, Colonel Strand and that battalion. I mean, I, the um, you know, organizations have temperaments, right? And, um, you know, one of the things I, I love about that team, the 2-4 team, was um, just sort of the selflessness uh, to team. Um, you know, lots of units have it, but r really kind of a defining uh, feature of that team and, um, and a genuine um, decency about other human beings. And so, you know, when, when the decision made, hey, we, we need to get a battalion uh, to the temporary safe haven uh, there to help out in Qatar, you know, I just knew it was the right team, right commander, right command sergeant major, right, right leaders in that unit. And I was telling you guys before the break, I mean, um, you know, not unique to that battalion, but one of the things that, that was really special to see um, was seeing um, young soldiers uh, treat other human beings in a way that I knew would make the American people proud, right? I mean, just with a real decency, human decency, and um, really humbling uh, to get to see. I mean... 18, 19 year olds on the other side of the planet just doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. I mean, it's it just as an American soldier and as an American, I mean, it's just like really humbling uh, to be around. And like one of my favorites, so I'm going to tell it, it was one of my favorite. There was a specialist there that had been um, a, a refugee um, in, I, I think, uh, Liberia as a child. And had been evacuated through that same process, you know, similar process. Oh, wow. And then you fast forward 20 years later and he's, he's, he's paying it forward. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's the most American story in the world. I mean, we're a country Absolutely. of immigrants and, um, and I think that that battalion really just embraced, um, being, uh, the best first impression for America that they could be. And, um, you know, obviously there were a lot of tragic moments uh, about the evacuation from Afghanistan. And um, but but on the bright side is like there were a lot of great, you know, young uh, airmen, Marines, sailors and soldiers that were just the best first impression for America uh, that we could ever have. Right. And we should all be really grateful and humble for all of them. This is pretty cool. There's two four. Warriors. Joe, what do you got for me? Uh, sir, so I, you know, I kind of go back to your podcast with Colonel Stedman on the military leader, and you, you kind of, you know, we, we're we're starting to get back into Lisco right around yeah. that time. So, looking at the leadership qualities of people you've seen through numerous rotations at NTC, 
and JRTC. What for the 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 fight that you see that is likely coming at some point in time, what are the, the characteristics of leaders that you are particularly uh, fond of and you know will take us through the next conflict? So I think, you know, up front, we got to, we have to all as, as professionals, we have to embrace uh, being as ready as possible so that day never comes. Right. Right. I mean, if, if you've seen combat, the last thing you want is to see more okay. of it. Um, and, you know, I mean, tenants of, of what we do is about deterrence is like, you know, man, I, I want our adversaries to watch what we do at the CTCs and then walk away from it. And they should walk away from it, want nothing to do with us. Um, because, you know, we, we um, you know, as professional force, like we're, we're self-critical, we learn. Um, and, you know, we're going to be ready. Um, and, you know, that's, I mean, that's, I think, what the American people expect of us to be ready, but to be ready to deter war. And, um, it, you know, but that's got to, that's, that requires us as professionals to have the follow through, okay. right? Um, and so, you know, to the leadership question, you know, I start with, and I think it starts with just being a really good human being. Right, be a good dude, and and that's hard, right? Like I get up every day, coming up short in that, yes. right? And it's like every day, I get up and start over and tr and try to try to be a better human being. And um, and then there's days I walk away, I'm like, man, I, I was not so awesome today. Um, but I think you see a lot of people um, trying to do that every single day, and that's like the best that we can ask of people, right? You know, all American six talking at the start of the, if you're at the combined rehearsal, well, being, hey, we strive to be perfect every single day. Yes, um, and we got to do that as human beings every single day. Like, we're never going to reach it. It's right. an impossible goal to reach, but Absolutely. the journey of, of just trying to be perfect um, is a worthy goal, especially because like, we're entrusted with other human beings as Absolutely. leaders, right? And not just as leaders, right? I mean, just the, the responsibility. Um, in a republic and as citizen soldiers um, for, for our fellow citizens, the people on our left and right, um, you know, should drive us to be at our best every single day. And um, so I think for me, it starts with that, right? And, um, and the great thing is I get to be here. I get to be here at JRTC. I get to see people under high stress doing hard things, right, every single day. And um, it's awesome because more often than not, what you see is you see people being better today than they were the day before. And so, you know, I think I think that's number one. Right. You know, it's just it really is about character. Um, it, it can be a cliche, but it's about character. It's about uh, being self-critical. It's about uh, not externalizing problems. And, OK, hey, what am I responsible for and how do I be better at what I'm doing? Um, you know, I came away from 24 months in brigade command um, with way more things of like, wow, I should have hit that harder. I should have yeah. been better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had a great conversation with Devil Six. I mean, he's got the same mentality. And, I, you know, um, and so I think that character part of it is like hugely important. And the American people, 
demand that of us, and 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 they're right to demand that right. of us. And um, you know, there's there's days that we come up short in that, and there's days that we do great at that. And I just I just think we shouldn't lose sight of that. We gotta we gotta strive every single day to be our best. We're human. We're gonna fail. Uh, we get back up, and then it's a great thing. It's like it's America. Yeah. Like America loves comeback, comeback story. Yes. So, and I think we got to, I think we got to uh, really nurture that in our soldiers, um, nurture it in ourselves, and, and organizationally take that mindset and approach. Um, and I think if we do that, that puts us in the right, you know, back to doing fundamental things fundamentally. That puts us in a place uh, for real growth. Um, you know, I got the chance to interview all the former cogs that are on active duty from JRTC. And, you know, one of the things they'll say, and, and Joan Gardner talked about this the other day with the battalion commanders from the devil was like, generationally, we're at an inflection point. Mm -hmm. Now, the good news is like, we got a lot of really smart leaders. Uh, we got a lot of really good leaders. Um, and, you know, their understanding of the doctrine for large scale combat operations is I think we're, you know, we're in a good place. we got a good foundation. we got to just keep growing. we got to get experience sets and reps at doing this. Um, and then I think, you know, uh, the other thing that I think generationally is great about, um, you know, that population, right. Of, of majors and Lieutenant colonels in particular is there's a real curiosity, right. And I don't think it's unique to them, but I mean, I think this curiosity and wanting to learn um, is, you know, that's what's going to make us successful. Um, you know, especially as in this period of modernization, uh, the nature of war is unchanging, but the character of war, I think many of us agree, is we're in a period of transition. Right. Um, curiosity, um, the, the, uh, the competition of ideas as we think through the problems that we're likely to solve um, on the modern battlefield. Like, I am, I'm bullish, um, you know, on, on, our, on this generation and on the force because I think we got the right people to really think through these problems and solve them um, going forward. And so those are things I sort of look for. And then, you know, I think, um, you know, sort of back to the character, but this like real humility about what we do, like, this is hard, right? I mean, this is hard. You could make me a platoon leader again today. And I like would come out of here with a green book of lessons learned, right? right? It's hard and we shouldn't lose sight of that. Uh, it's easier when we're disciplined, when we have character, and we're uh, and we're focused on doing the fundamentals, I mean that's how we make this easier, right? There's there's no gimmick, there's no hack, there's no shortcut to any of this, and um, and we shouldn't lose sight of that. But I think it, it, it you got we got to approach this with a real humility um, going forward because like we're responsible for other people's lives, and then ultimately as a professional, you know we're responsible for the the safety of of our nation. Um, and this grand idea that is the Constitution, right? Which I think is a, a powerful thing. Um, so that's like a, that's probably a bit, uh, you know, um, aspirational. But I mean, I think it's serious. And I think, you know, um, the good news is we got great people. Absolutely. Um, I have a, a part B to this question, yeah. sir. And I'm going to kind of oh. steal, I think, 
uh, the end of uh, every Colonel Stedman's uh, podcast about. So you just talked about some really big ideas. Yeah. There, sir. But we have to achieve this balance with our own personal lives yeah. as well in our families. And you and I have talked about this at great length. Of We want to be dedicated to our profession and we also want to be great fathers and husbands at the same time yeah. neighbors and neighbors yeah. yeah absolutely brothers right. you know just how how and how do we do this so um i don't have the answer if i had it yeah. right I'd, I'd do a podcast on it um but i've gotten some good advice i've watched some good role models with this um i've failed in instances so you know i, I think one um you know uh, personally i cut away from a lot of hobbies that didn't include my family, right? So, you know, things, um, yeah, I probably won't start diving again um, the way I did when it was just my wife and I until I get my kids certified. Because I'm not going to go out on a boat for eight hours and leave my kids behind because I want to spend time with my kids because it's hard enough now to spend time with my kids. Um, I'm more uh, deliberate in spending time with my family and, and, and really putting as much focus and energy when I'm with them as I do when I'm away right. and I'm away. I mean, like right. all of us, yes, like we, we end up having to be away a lot. Um, I talk about this stuff with my wife a lot. Like we talk about these things, yeah. right. And, um, being open to when it's like, you know, it'd be cool if you put the phone down. You're right. right. Like I can turn the phone off. I got, I got great people that, you know, can, can handle these yeah. things. Um, and then I talk about these things, uh, with my kids. Uh, I talk about why I do what I do. Um, I talk about, um, you know, Hey, this is, I understand the cost of me being deployed, but here's why I'm deployed. Here's why it matters. Here's why your sacrifice of having me here. Cause it is, they're making a sacrifice, um, is contributing to a larger purpose. And then, you know, I try to include my family in the stuff that I do. I take my I take my kids to retirement ceremonies, right? One, because I get to be with them and I love being around them. And two, because, you know, they're, they're standing with me singing, you know, the national anthem and the army song. Uh, and then we get to pillage, you know, the punch and the cookies at the end. Um, and at least, you know, my kids are 14. Like, they still enjoy that. They like being with me. Um, you know, I... I walk around the unit area as a brigade commander and and in an ops group. I take my son with me. I take my daughter with me. And so I think you got to find opportunities to bring your family into it. Uh, I think you got to be mindful of okay. There's times you need to switch off, and and it's okay. It's you 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 call your XO or your sergeant major and be like, hey, if something comes up, I I'm 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 off the grid until you tell me I need to be up. Right. I think as leaders, uh, we have to be really involved in the lives of, of those around us, but we also have to be like respectful, right? So it's like not emailing your subordinates on a weekend unless it's like, unless they know it's coming because it's something that's truly mission critical, right? Um, you know, Joan Gardner is great about that. Like I don't get emails from Joan Gardner on the weekend. I get emails on Monday morning when I show, you know, uh, and if it's important, he calls me. He's like, hey, Matt, you know, Saturday night, sorry I'm having to call you, but here's what I need you to, uh, to you know, need, I got something I need you to take a look at. I think that's, like, we got to role model it. We got to do it. And I think that's how we can 
help each other find balance and you know what's really important you know general beagle up at 10th mountain division policy letter about phone call it's like hey everybody gets uh calling a soldier on tuesday night if you're worried that something happened you're like hey man are you okay you know i saw your car got hit did you know your car got hit you know that's like totally okay everybody gets that it's not okay calling them at 2200 on a tuesday night and be like hey reminder uh tomorrow we're gonna you know ruck not run that's not cool right you should have put that out ahead of time you should have planned for it ahead of time um so i think helping people find a balance between being engaged with their their soldiers and, and their team but doing it in a way that's actually constructive and positive versus um really stressing people out okay hey um so in conclusion uh this is awesome uh having dog face soldiers here um amazing formation with uh, amazing history uh and excited uh to bring uh tanks and bradley's you know back to the, the joint readiness training center and look forward to having uh them here and your teams here in the future going forward and you know, it's great seeing you again it's great serving with you here and look forward to serving with both of you in the future going forward thank you sir thank you sir rock of the mark top of the top rock, of the rock. Thank you for joining us on The Crucible, the JRTC experience. The Joint Readiness Training Center is the premier crucible training experience. We prepare units to fight and win in the most complex environments against world-class opposing forces. We are America's leadership laboratory. Again, we'd like to thank our guests for participating. This podcast was created and produced by Mr. John Mabes. It was recorded and edited by Chief Thomas Rich and researched by First Lieutenant Anthony Cho. Intro vocals were done by Mr. Robert Chopper. Special thanks to Captain Jermaine Branch and Mr. Jeff England from Public Affairs. Be sure to like and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest warfighting TTPs learned through the crucible that is the Joint Readiness Training Center. Follow us by going to https colon forward slash forward slash l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash j-r-t-c. We'd like to thank our partners at the Center for Army Lessons Learned of the Combined Arms Center, especially the JRTC Call Observations Detachment. Be sure to follow them on social media as well. Follow them at https colon forward slash forward slash www.army.mil forward slash C-A-L-L. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review us wherever you listen or watch your podcasts, and be sure to stay tuned for more in the near future. The Crucible, the JRTC experience, is a product of the Joint Readiness Training Center.